This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Well, Professor Gershon, is it uh, pretty lonesome there? It is, Liz. Uh, Yeah, everybody is practicing social distancing, and that's the right way to do it. And, you know, it's great to have Tina Seymour Demeron on the show today. Uh, She not only is a lawyer, but she has a background in respiratory therapy, so that may be uh, helpful for us. Good morning. Nice to talk to you all. Great to have you. Uh, Tina, can you tell us what what are law firms doing to serve their clients uh, while being mindful of social distancing? Well, on the Gulf Coast, I'm finding that most attorneys are setting up their client meetings on a one-on-one appointment-only basis. I've been doing a lot of teleconferencing with both clients and with local judges, and we're doing a lot of remote work. I'm emailing intake forms to clients. Um, we, we'll even walk out to the car and let them do their signing on a clipboard through their window. My staff are instructed to make sure that we're keeping our six-foot distance, and then twice a week I have our cleaning service come through and just completely clean down the office, and we're wiping down in between clients. We're doing what we can to keep the cleanest environment possible, and if we have any clients that have any types of signs or symptoms of any type of illness, we ask them to stay home and we work with them remotely. So if, if listeners have urgent legal issues, what should they do? So can their lawyers still help them? It sounds like you're able to help your clients. We've been working some longer hours because there's a lot of calls about estate planning, um, land issues, people worried about if they do get sick, if there's a power of attorney where someone can come in and help them with it. So uh, we keep our phones on at all times. We're answering the phones and getting back to clients as fast as possible. We're doing all new consultations via phone. And if someone needs to drop something off, we have a lot drop box outside that they can just come drop it off, let us know we've got it, and then we can talk to them on the phone. But, yes, if you have a legal issue, the best thing to do is try to contact your attorney by phone. If you don't have an attorney, we all, almost all of us have websites or Facebook pages. You can IM us through that. We also have a contact us option on our website where you can send in an email with a legal question, and we can answer you right back via the email. Or we can call you if you leave your contact information in that email. Well, that's that's great. I mean, so I know you do divorce issues and estate planning issues, and, and but you also handle criminal defense cases. Are those going forward? Uh, you know, the courts have to practice social distancing as well. So how, how are criminal cases going forward at this time? Well, for a, for a longer period of time, the, the state judiciary has left it up to the discretion of the individual judge on how they're handling court. Last Friday, Judge Harris and I in Pascagoula were out on the front porch of the Chancery Court, six feet apart with the bailiff and with my client to get an emergency temporary hearing so we could go ahead and get the children from a dangerous situation. On Thursday, we're holding a domestic violence um, protective order rehearing in the municipal court with Judge Tisdale on Thursday. And basically what they're doing is they're keeping the courts clear of all the parties that need to be there. They're asking us to screen our own clients and our own witnesses and parties in the case to see if they're a vulnerable group. We have been putting in motions to continue. 
And the judges, again, it's up to their discretion and on a one-on-one basis to make sure that we're doing our part. But uh, to be honest, I was over a hospital infection control and risk management plan for years before I went into the private sector. I think that the judiciary is seeing what we need to do to have a more organized approach. So the burden's not just on those justices to make that decision, those judges. But for us to have maybe a level tiered system for as we get further into the pandemic or any crisis, whether it be a hurricane, tornado, ice storm, anything along those lines, that we know exactly how the bar as a whole can work statewide to address it. Well, and you mentioned a hurricane. I mean, so on the coast, I mean, you've dealt with things like Katrina that that really did disrupt legal services for some time. And, and I, I was really impressed by how the Mississippi Bar handled that whole situation, including our law school played a part in that. I know Debbie Bell uh, was involved in helping uh, with that as well. But um, so but this is unusual. This is one that's different from anything that any of us have ever ever dealt with. Do you notice that uh, are judges using any kind of thing like Zoom or other virtual uh, meeting type of platform? We have a um, conference call that where you can call a straight line, and then you put in the reference number for that call, and that password you into a party line where all the parties. Uh, this morning, Judge Alfonso had one with us about a case that had four different attorneys attached with guardian ad litems, and everybody called in, and there were some glitches. Um, my computer decided it wanted to freeze up, so I was unable to get in on the conference call, but we rolled with the punches. One of the other attorneys called, and she kept me up to date on it. I was able to call and talk to the judge's clerk and get questions answered, and they didn't volunteer me for too much since I wasn't on the call. (laughs) Well, that's great. Um, You know, we... We had planned, originally planned to do this show on the topic of restraining orders before all this happened. And, I mean, this could be an especially dangerous time for people in abusive situations. I mean, everybody's asked to stay in their homes. And, I mean, are, what, do you, what did a client do if they're in an abusive situation? They need to get out, but they're also being told to, to stay home. What are there resources for, for those clients? What I've, I have had several calls regarding restraining orders. The biggest question at first is, I have a restraining order and there's a rehearing on it next Tuesday, but are we going to be able to have court? And if we can't have court, is that restraining order going to be continued? The judges have the right to continue it under certain circumstances. By and large, all of my restraining orders have been continued until we can have a hearing on the matter. So you can rest assured that's not going to expire waiting for the courts to open back up. In the more emergent restraining order situations like this Thursday, we're going to go ahead and clear the courtroom and have the parties come in to do a hearing because we've reached the extension of time that the judges are allowed to have it. For people who are anticipating an abusive situation or they're already in an abusive situation, my best advice is go stay with someone where you can just go ahead and self-quarantine with a family member, a friend. Unfortunately, the casinos is where a lot of people go and they, they stay in hotel rooms when they shut down. that created an issue with some of our clients because they don't have anywhere to stay. So find a hotel that's still open, even if you have to travel to a a less affected area. There are shelters on the coast. Food Home is, I'm sure, jam-packed right now, but there are some sheltering locations. But call an attorney. Call someone who has the resources to reach out and find a safe place for you. But And that's the biggest issue is I'm quarantining with a possible abusive spouse or boyfriend or friend. 
and or children. You need to make sure that you're in a safe location. There are other places you can quarantine in place where it's safe. You just have to reach out to the different resources until you get an answer on that. Could you tell us what is a restraining order and how does that work? Well, basically, a restraining order is merely an order handed down from the court where there's sufficient proof to show that that person is in danger of harm from another person. Sometimes that restraining order can, can, can extend to your entire family. A domestic violence protective order is if you have a relationship with someone and that person has become abusive or violent. Uh, situations are where a person stalks you, a person is making verbal threats, and they're in a position to put you where you are you feel endangered and that you're at harm. Protective orders are a little more broad and they don't deal just with domestic violence. I've had to have protective orders um, taken out myself against some of my clients' husbands or wives because unfortunately they don't blame the other spouse, they blame the attorney in the divorce case. So I've had several husbands or wives follow me back to my home and I've had to get, reach out to the local authority to get protective orders against them for my own protection and my spouse and my Family. Well, that's you know that I mean it's it's now how do so do they work? I mean, and and then how do they how do you enforce them in a time either protective orders or restraining orders in a time like this one where maybe it's hard to get to a judge? Well, they do have what's called ex parte restraining orders. That means that the person goes in and they present evidence by affidavit and sometimes by talking to the judge that shows that there is an imminent harm for that person, that there's a need to have the restraining order put in place immediately without serving the other party, the person being accused. But you have to have a rehearing on that because the accused needs to have an opportunity to present their evidence because people do go and get restraining orders and it's not always a situation where a restraining order is warranted. But an ex parte means that as soon as it's signed by the judge, it goes into effect immediately. If that person shows up again at a person's house or anything along those lines, they can call local authorities, the police, to get involved in the matter. If you don't have a restraining order in place and someone shows up at your house or you are worried about your your safety, the police are going to encourage you to go file an affidavit and get a restraining order because that gives them the authority to arrest that person for violating it. But again, there will be a trial or a hearing on the matter in front of a judge at some point. This is taking a little longer because there are a lot of delays, and but the law does allow the judges to continue the case and keep the restraining order in place until such time that the parties can both have a side to present their evidence. We are very excited to have attorney Tina Seymour Demerin on in legal terms today. This is going to be a shortened show. We're waiting for MEMA to start with a press conference with Governor Tate Reeves. But until then, we're going to continue on with our show. Uh, Tina, what are some uh, basis for getting a restraining order? Um, we've had several cases. I don't want to violate client privacy, but I'm just going to give a general overview. If you have a minor child with someone and that person is coming in, and even if you're not married, you can have a person that comes in and tries to disrupt the parent-child relationship by harming you, taking the child, um, trying to break into your home, 
there's a lot of criminal issues that are inherent with restraining orders. Usually they're going to trespass. They're going to be um, telephonic harassment. They can be harassing you by text message, by IM. I've seen cases where they've gone online and slandered and, you know, libeled the other party, stating that they were the harassing party when in actuality that person was being harassed. Again, I've talked about the fact that I've had actual clients, family members come to my office or try to threaten even me and my staff. But usually a restraining order is going to be there when someone is continually harassing you. There's got to be a pattern. You have to be able to show some proof of it. Text messages can be sufficient proof as long as you can originate that text message back to that person. They can always say that they weren't the ones that sent the text message, but there's a presumption by and large that if you get a text message from someone's phone that says, I'm coming over to hurt you right now, or I'm going to burn your house down, that it's pretty likely that person sent that text message over. And so to get a restraining order, there has to have been some overt action. Can you get one when you are worried somebody might do something? You have to have some type of proof because otherwise you're going out and accusing someone of behavior and just saying, well, I think they're going to hurt me. You have to have something that shows that there's some type of verbalization or physical action that gives the judge the right to limit that person's access to you. And restraining orders are not just for them coming around you. It's text messages, IMing constructive violation of it where they get a family member or a friend to call you because a lot of people assume that protective order only um, comes between you and that person. If you try to get a friend or a family member to call the person that you're restrained from contacting, that is a constructive violation and the courts frown upon that. I even a few years ago had one of my clients call me and say, is this a violation? The husband sent her flowers and a card on Valentine's Day. And it was a clear protective order in place. And yes, it was a violation, and the judge agreed with us. Well, that's so interesting. So, and also social media. I, you know, I think if someone has a protective order against them or a, uh, a, a restraining order against them, they need to think about what they post on, on Facebook or Twitter as well, don't they? Yeah, it, social media is not the time to rally the troops. When, if, you, if you're served a protective order and someone has shown a judge that there's proof from an ex parte where the judge signs it without a hearing or if you're served with notice of a hearing for a protective order now is not the time to get on social media and try to argue your cause now is the time to call an attorney and the first thing I tell clients who call me because I defend and I go and pursue protective orders just shut it down stay off social media because that's usually my main source of evidence against someone in a protective order and it's amazing how people try to post pictures and try to skew a situation. And judges are not stupid. They can see through this. Now, you've said protective order. Is that the exact same thing as restraining order? Is that Mississippi's word? We use the word um, protective order. Anytime that you have someone that's restrained from using, from contacting another person. And uh, walk us through exactly... Oh, we are taking our break now. The Governor Tate Reeves is going to have a press conference with MEMA. We hope to have In Legal Terms come back when they're finished. But if not, find us at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. 
The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 